Blog Talk Radio. You're listening to The Secret of Everything with Dr. Kimberly McGeorge. Dr. Kimberly McGeorge, N.D., C.N.H., is the best-selling author of the ebook The Secret to Everything, Manifesting the Life You Desire, now available on Amazon. She has practiced naturopathic medicine for over 20 years. She is a gifted intuitive, medium, empath, paranormal investigator, and remote viewer. She travels and gives classes and lectures across the country, as well as taking limited private clients. Trained in many modalities of healing, Dr. Kimberly has been practicing energy healing exclusively for the last 10 years. Dr. Kimberly has the ability to raise your vibration in person or long distance, and as a result, change everything in your life for the better, forever. A gifted transformationalist, she has developed TEB, or Transformational Energy Balancing, in order to facilitate permanent and rapid healing in her clients. Her desire is to be your last healer. And now, the host of The Secret to Everything, Dr. Kimberly McGeorge. Hello, Kareem. Hello, everyone listening. How are you today? I'm good. How are you? I'm good. We're supposed to have a big heat wave here in um, Columbus, Ohio. Are you guys, are they predicting that for you as well? No, I don't think so. I, I think we're supposed to have some nice, Mild weather. Some nice like mild weather. Mm-hmm. Well, I know I advertised we were going to have um, Peter, who's an author of three different books, The Point of Power being one of them, and we were going to talk about the law of attraction and the law of, um, and how to manifest different things in your life. And we still might. We will have to see. As live radio goes, things don't always work out as planned for some reason, and this week has definitely been one of those weeks. But we're gonna Oh, trust me. I know, I know. I'm sure our audience can attest. The energies have been totally bizarre. But again, I believe everything happens for a reason. I believe if you're listening to this show, there's a reason you're supposed to be listening to this show. And I know everybody loves free reading. So until Peter comes on or calls in, um, and I'm going to refresh this Blog Talk Radio studio, too. Sometimes they're there, and uh, we can't see them, right, Crane? But... We're going to be talking, we're going to do three readings, as you guys call it, in energy healings, and then we're going to talk about my book that's been in the top ten on Amazon in the occult, um, what do you call it, category, and the self-help category also. It's gone all the way up to number one, actually, on various days and various weeks. So I'm really excited about that, and my book is called The Secret to Everything. Kind of funny. That's the name of the show. The Secret to Everything, How to Manifest the Life You Desire Now. And if no one would like free readings and we don't have a lot of questions, I may give you guys a sneak preview of my next book, which you like us create, which is The Secret to Everything, um, How to Have All the Wealth and Abundance You Would Like Now. But that's a working title. It's a rough draft, like I said, so it's a sneak peek. So we'll kind of go with that. And that might be Peter now, but if you would go ahead and... Um, 
streams. Tell us who and what is coming up, including me guest starring on someone else's show. That would be wonderful. First off, yes, you are starring on Melinda Carver's show, Part of the Perspective on Talk Radio at 8 o'clock on Sunday, so make sure everybody tunes into that. We'll, she'll be talking about your best-selling book, Secret to Everything, Manifest Everything You Want Now. And <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> that was cute, Karim. I'm laughing. Sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> on July 4th, we're going to have guest Russell Dunn, and he's going to talk about color therapy. July 11th, we're going to have MJ Healing with Blue Energy and UFOs. July 18th, we'll have Self-Defense with L.A. phone psychic Allison Mead. July 25th, we'll have James Goy. I don't know if I'm saying that right, but that's yes. how it sounds. Yeah, no, you're right. Okay. Right, James Goy. Manifesting Money. That's going to be an interesting show. And August 1st, we're going to have Kennedy Conspiracy, which should be very interesting. Very interesting. Um, on the 8th of August, we're going to have uh, Melinda Carver, whose show you're going to be on this Sunday. And let, just let and me mention, expect- yeah, Melinda's awesome. She's a high-level medium and intuitive, and she has a lot of knowledge and a healer, and so I'm really looking forward to her being on the show. You guys will really enjoy that. Sorry, Cream, go ahead. Okay. And um, August 15th, Shoshana, the energy healer. August 22nd, got Dr. Joy, End Times, and Jared Hewitt, the energy healer. All right, so you got two hosts that day. I mean, two guests. Uh, September 12th, we have Intuitive intuitive Energy Healer, J. And September 26th, we have Arthur Farum, on Ancient Civilizations. So that's about three months of work right there. I know. Aren't you impressed? We're we yeah, are booking up. We're becoming popular. <laughs> uh, well, let's see who our. I know you didn't have time to grab this caller, so I am going to see if this is Peter. Hello. I'm hoping this is Peter. Yes. Good, good evening. This is Peter. Oh, good. Thank you so much for calling in. We were going to have to do the backup plan, and nobody wanted to hear me talk about my books because they can do that any time. So. Uh-huh. Thank you. Are you call, were you calling in from Chicago, or was that someone else? Where are you calling from, Peter? I'm uh, I'm calling from Florida. Oh, from Florida. Is it really warm down it's there? It's crazy hot here. It's uh, it's probably the hottest day uh, I've experienced uh, this year. It's about 95 degrees, so um, I'm I'm been stick staying inside most of the day. Right, and it's so it's humid down there, also a little more. Humid uh, than no, it is not. It's fact, not. Chicago is actually over 100 degrees, so I, I, it's kind of that's very uh, unusual oh, for this time wow. of the year. Okay. Well, um, if you don't mind, I don't have. I mean, I obviously, I have the book we're going to talk about tonight in my hand, which is called The Point of Power. We'll get to that in a minute. But why don't you introduce yourself to our listening audience and tell us a little bit, kind of the story of how you got into writing, why you got into writing? I believe you write for. Is it 
The Huffington, do you write online? Is that what you do, Peter? Yeah, I'm an investigative journalist with the Huffington Post. I've been That's writing nice. for about a year. And uh, we I essentially write uh, an article or two per week on the, on the uh, topic of consciousness. Wow, awesome. That's great. That's right up our alley on this show. Well, I love it. I think you might, given your background, I think you might actually enjoy my articles. They, they're they're uh, um, in your genre. Yeah, I'd love to. Um, I think you can subscribe to the feed and they get delivered. You can have them delivered to your email address and then, um, yeah, I'd love to. Follow right, if you go to in Post, they make you sign in. And uh, my name is Peter Boxa, spelled B-A-K-S-A, so you just put my name in and you'll see a bunch of articles come up um, and uh, you can then fan me and they, they will send articles as they, as they uh, uh, are published each week. And it's it's an amazing it's an amazing uh, uh, resource that we we get over 12 million hits per 30 days, and I think it's even up from there since uh, AOL purchased Huffington. So it's a great it's a great resource for as an author as well to really get um, my work out. And great uh, it's a great uh, asset. Well, let's start at the beginning before we get into. I know you've written three books or published three books. Is that correct? Right, I've got three books out, and I'm working on two more. And uh, wow, Point of Power is the first book, and it kind of represents the theory behind um, what what I'm writing about consciousness and how we manifest our lives in the natural. And the, the, the sort of I lay out the theoretical framework. I tie it to quantum physics and science, um, so it's grounded in something that. Um, hopefully lends itself towards people not only understanding how it works um, in in the in the uh, terms of the way that we interact with the universe, and then I bring it down to application and how you can actually begin uh, to do it better. How, how can you uh, focus your thinking and uh, observe your thinking and be- better uh, make your in- intentions become manifest? So that's the. Uh, Basic layout. That's of the point of power, right? That's what the you're point talking. of power book, right? Okay, and I, I break I... it down to a real simple technology. Um, the the, the and this is not original. Uh, you you asked me to talk a little bit about myself. I've been really interested in in theology um, ever since I was a child. I was raised in a Lutheran parochial uh, home, and we went to parochial school, uh, and uh, so I spent a lot of time in church, and it. It didn't really ring true. Something, something mm. didn't didn't speak to me. I asked a lot of questions, and they didn't get answered. So I've always been fascinated. I thought, well, gosh, with all these people involved with something called the church, it goes back so you know, thousand years. There's got to be something true here I can hang my hat on. And I didn't, I couldn't figure it out by going to church. I'll just, I'll leave it at that. And I, I spent you know 20 years asking the question. About 10 years ago, I decided I was going to start doing some research. So I basically did a literary review of every theological text I could get my hands on, going back to Lao Tzu, and he was the founder of Taoism, he wrote the Tao Te Ching, uh, to the Koran, to the Bible, um, and I, anything that I could get my ha- hands on that, that essentially was an ancient theological text that broke religion down into, uh, to a, uh, into theory, and then cross-referenced that with quantum physics. I said, well, if, this is, if, if, God, if all these texts are talking about God, then we've got, we've got to be speaking in a more contemporary language than the parables that were uh, taught to the you know, sheep herders. I mean, it, it doesn't make sense to talk about an entity 
mm. as expansive and as complex as a God that created everything and speak in terms of parables. That did not make sense to me as a child. It doesn't make sense to me as an adult. I think it's a great ter- uh, a teaching tool. Mm-hmm. But we have the language of quantum physics now. We're a much more uh, contemporary, sophisticated society. So, you know, why why not take a look at it through under the guise of quantum physics and see if we can begin to explain some of these theological precepts. And the, and the net result of my research, which lasted just under 10 years, was that there was a clear correlation between what was being laid out in, in these texts. And, uh, and I certainly I certainly did a, uh, did a sifting process. I didn't take everything into consideration. What I did is I, I, I created a matrix whereby if, if, uh, if in, in order to determine a truth or a principle that I was going to keep in terms of my theoretical framework, all of the, all of the religions had to believe in it. All of the, all the religions uh-huh. have it. Then I went over to quantum physics and I said the same thing. Um, we had to have full agreement in order for, for for me to keep it within the framework. And so what 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 I've done is diluted it all down to some basic principles that I believe uh, create the the uh, mechanism for manifestation. And it all boils down to setting an intention clearly. Um, uh, declaring a set of behaviors that are in alignment with that intention and then detaching and allowing the universe to, to help you uh, manifest your desire. And so, in a nutshell, that, that's that's the uh, sort of basic functionality. Wow, you make that sound really simple. And, <laughs> and now you do. And it's funny because, to be honest, I expected kind of a basic type of book, like it is out there. It seems like the quantum physics book and the manifestation books are either really simple or way over most people's heads. And so I was pleasantly surprised as I began reading that you really make this very, um, you don't insult anyone's intelligence, definitely, but you make it very easy to read and very applicable to everyone's lives. And there is a lot. I was also impressed with quite a bit in here you really do cover most of the bases, <laughs> which is really well, I do. Impressive. And one of the things that I think we do in the Point of Power book is we, we really uh, ground this all in science to the best that we can. And this is the thing that was missing for me, you know, within the context of, of a, you know, a religious framework. Um, I, I think the, the, the precepts for a modern educated adult, we're looking for a little bit more of an answer. And I think that that's what, what I lay out in the point of power. And, and the bottom line is, I know that this, this actually is true, what I'm writing about. Uh, it, I, I actually, it, it, this works. It absolutely works. But it's, I also talk about why some of the other New Age thinking books don't work. Why the secret, when, when they talk about some of the things, they simplify it. Okay, wait, wait, wait. Okay, stop. So this is one of my, anyone who knows me knows this is one of my pet peeves. Because, you know, the secret is done very beautifully and it's great height. And to me, it gets the energy going in the right direction. But to me, they leave out the secret. No, we're speaking the same language. It's kind of like a Tony Robbins workshop. There you go. God bless Tony Robbins and I did a thing together, so I'm not, I love love his work. But it's it's a lot of, it gets you going, as you put it. But what I found out, they were missing the, the, the biggest step. I think that as humans uh, in con- contemporary society, we don't have a problem with setting an intention. Setting an intention is, well, this is what I want. This is my desire. So I think we're pretty good at that. 
aligning our behaviors, we're not as good at that, but, but we can do that. Most of us can say what behaviors are in alignment with my intention. So those two things are fairly straightforward. Setting the behaviors is a little bit of work. I posit that self-discipline is a key to all of this, that the uh, secret doesn't necessarily, uh, doesn't necessarily agree with me. Um, but the last part of the equation gets left out entirely in terms of most of these, most of the books that, that strike the subject, and that is the detached part. The detached part is, is absolutely necessary to allow the universe to jump in and really handle the details for you. And detached means that you have faith in something outside yourself. And for all of us type A alpha, female, alpha males and females out there that, that are used to behaving our way to success by showing up on time and working really hard, I was raised Lutheran German household and we were taught to show up on time, we were taught a work ethic, and so uh, I, that was my belief system. The detachment part means letting go, it means giving up control, it means allowing the universe to actually do its work because without the last part, Frankly, it doesn't work. I totally agree. And I think, I know we're kind of doing this backwards in the equation that you lay out. And, and of course, there's always more to it. You can only put so much in one book. But one of the things that I teach my clients is, you know, you do set those intentions and you put them out there. But so often we limit those intentions and that is the problem I have with vision boards which I want to ask you your opinion of if you put you know if you say you know whatever you say or however you set that intention and then you put you know a white house and you know in your mind it's no bigger than seven bedrooms and four bathrooms and you look at that you know for two years or three years or six months or three months or whatever to me that's limiting you know what if you could have a bigger house or a better house or a prettier house or a, you know what I'm saying. So, so what you're saying is, is that the, the, the methodology that you use to set the intention actually has a major impact on the outcome, and I couldn't agree with you more. In fact, um, in my book, I, I use the illustration of uh, temperamental waiters. You go to a restaurant, Italian restaurant, for instance, and you're sitting there with your glass of uh, uh, red wine or Bordeaux, and you're you're looking through the menu, and you decide, well. I, I, I'm interested in risotto. So in your mind, you've already decided you're going to have the risotto. You can probably taste the risotto. You've had risotto before. And so you begin to align your behaviors, which means you call the waiter over. The waiter then uh, comes over and asks you what you want. And you don't tell him. Uh, you don't him and haw. You don't say, well, I'd like uh, you know, a salad. I'm not sure about the uh, pasta. You say, I want the risotto. And in your mind, you've already received the risotto. You're, you're placing the order mm -hmm. as though you've already received it. That's key. And the waiter then, of course, goes back to the kitchen, and the risotto shows up. Now, I believe that the universe works in exactly the, that same way, exactly the same way. And if you put the intention out, you've got to be really careful what you say. Like some people say, well, I, I really want to have a lot of money. And what did you just tell the universe? Just told the universe that you want to have a lot of money. Want to have means you want to have it in the future. Mm -hmm. Well, you're in the present moment all the time. Mm -hmm. So in the future, you're going to have money, but you're not going to have it now. And what, 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 does, what does now become? What, what does the future become? It becomes a now. It becomes a present moment. Right. But, the, but your intention that you're setting is, is not, I already have the money. I feel the money. I feel it in my pocket. I've got a, a roll, a wad of hundreds in my pocket, or a wad of 
ones in my pocket for that matter, and that's a trick actually. That's one of the tricks for, for setting your uh, setting your mind is to carry a wad of $100 bills. Um, I've, I've read all the material on on this on this uh, this topic, and one of the things that you you must do is you have to set the intention as though you've already received it. So the way that you set the intention is key. Another thing that I found interesting, I was in uh, I, my my last book I just finished uh, back in 2011 and came out I think in January. It's called Think Yourself Young. It's along the same lines, and I was interviewing. Um, uh, Tibetan monks at the Lama Temple in Beijing, Neat. China. Wow. Okay. That they've, they've had some. Uh, they've had uh, a long history of of slowing the aging process down. In fact, they can uh, alter their body temperature. They they adjust their diet based on what they're going to be doing. They do a lot of things that we don't do here in Western culture. So I thought, well, I'm going to go over there and find out what they're doing and 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 get some details and make do some interviews and find out what how they ritualize all this. So an amazing. It was an amazing time that I that I had there, and one of the one of the interesting interviews was, was with a gentleman who who was 23 years old. He was a third generation Tibetan monk, and his name was Erda Janzi. And one of the questions I asked him through an interpreter was, "How many uh, how much time do you spend each day in meditation?" And he said, "I don't know." And I and of course I cross-examined. I said, "Is it, a, mm. is it more than an hour? Is it less than an hour?" He said, "I don't know." Is it more than two hours? I, I just don't know, he said. Mm-hmm. And then I realized every time I asked him a question, he would look down at his mala beads, and he would quiet his mind, and then I would express another question, and he would then come back to me. And I thought, well, this is really interesting. What he's doing is he's training his mind to quiet itself in between interview questions. As he's doing that, he's going into a meditative state, so that's why he doesn't know. So that was interesting, I thought. But the thing that, that, that uh, I, I derived from that that interchange was that when you do set an intention on top of a plain slate, a, a clean slate like that, where your mind is quieted, it's got to impact on the velocity of the intention, the ability for the intention to manifest. So, number one, set the intention as though, though you're you're ordering risotto in, a, mm-hmm. in an Italian restaurant. And number two, do it on a clean slate, a quiet mind. You've got to quiet your mind. You can use breath meditation. In my book, I, I teach uh, several different techniques to quiet your mind. Next part is declaring a set of behaviors. Now, that sounds really easy, right? I mean, we yeah. all, you know, you want to lose weight, eat less. <laughs> wait, you know, let's start exercising. Okay, well, that's really great. You're, you're, in, a, you're in a relationship, and it's, it's, not, it's not going so well. So what do you do? You, 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 gosh, I'd really like to fix this, right? I'm sure if you ever have that with, you, you get involved in that sort of counseling, Never. Yeah, all the time. Yeah. Girl, good girl. <laughs> but well, the, the point being, even in our interpersonal relationships, how many times do we have an intention, and that is to repair a relationship? Gosh, I really wish this were going smoother, and mm-hmm. I really love this person. I'd like to make it work, and that's your intention. Until you're sitting with your friends over a beer, and you begin talking about the relationship or your partner, and all of a sudden you begin to speak negatively of your partner. You just. Mm-hmm. You've just sent the universe a completely mixed message. And what do you get back? A mixed response. So, And you can take that concept and apply it with regard to uh, you know, weight loss, you know, with regard to money, with regard to um, uh, you know, anything that you can conceive of. The, 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 you have to declare your behaviors, and the behaviors do have to be in alignment with your intention. That makes sense? 
Oh, absolutely. I totally I totally agree. And um you said so much I want to go over a few points and give a few illustrations if if I can. One of the things I have done in my life, which has kind of worked out, I mean, it's kind of crazy, but I came up with this idea. You know how we have to have passwords for everything. You know, we're constantly entering codes and passwords. You know, what is it? Is it a five-digit or seven-digit or eight? Whatever you're constantly having to um, enter. So about, I don't know, 10, eight years ago, I wanted more than anything, and this is going to be Greek for some of you, and some of you are going to know exactly what I'm talking about. I desired to bring into my physical reality something called an MSA machine for my naturopathic practice, which is, you know, biofeedback. You probably know. Do you know what that is, Peter? I'm sure you do. I don't know. You might even talk about it sure. later in your book. Um, it's a whole other story. But to me, it has a lot to do maybe with it. I call it using. I believe in using, you know, instead of aging, which I'm sure your book talks about. But that's a big new kind of area of mine as well. We might have to have you back to talk about that book later, or if we have time, maybe we can get into that. But anyway, to make a long story short, I decided, well, you know, I thought about getting a loan because the machine at the time was like $25,000, which is a chunk for about anybody. And, you know, I decided, you know what, I'm just going to practice what I teach and what I've studied, and I'm going to see if I can bring this about, you know, a little easier. So I began using, it's called an electrodermal greeting machine for the kind of more scientific fancier. So I started using a portion of that as my password probably thousands and thousands and thousands of times over a year. Well, I am telling you guys, you know, and it's constantly putting it out there. It's constantly putting the vibration of that word. And every time I entered it, you know, Kareem and Peter and listening audience, I pictured it. You know, I pictured me using it with my clients. So, you know, kind of gone around with, you know, act like you already have it, all that so, you know, within a year, I had a machine. Now, I have an even better part to this story. I had that so firmly ingrained in my physical reality that when my partner and I broke up and she received the machine, I was to take it, within the next 24 hours, someone from southern Ohio, which I live in Central Ohio, called me up out of the blue and said, I don't know if you would like this machine, but it's been sitting in my closet I will give it to you in exchange for you testing me on it. That's a great story. That is how powerful. You guys really need to listen to the show. If you can really begin to grasp these principles and apply them to your life, they work 100% of the time. I have another story. So I live in a real high vibration, which, again, a lot of, you know, we've been working, you know, since I started the show three months ago. You know, we talk a lot about vibration and raising your vibration. Because I live in such a high vibration, and I know Peter understands this, and Kareem, and many of you, I have to be very, very careful what I say. Because as Peter just said, what you put out there comes back. hundred, You know, it always, just like the example he gave in the restaurant. So this weekend I was um, going to take my, I'm glad my parents don't listen to the show, by the way, but I was going to take my kids to meet my parents, and all week, all week, you guys, I was saying, I do not want to go to West Virginia. I don't feel like driving to West Virginia. I don't want to go to West Virginia. I probably said that 100, 150 times just to different people and to myself. Well, my car broke down about 30 miles outside of West Virginia, so I never went to West Virginia this week. Right. Well, that makes perfect sense. <laughs> I, I hear I hear you loud and clear. Absolutely. So those are just some examples of you know, illustrating, I guess, fleshing out, you know, exactly some of the points that you, you talked about. But, you know, and you can be creative. You know, vision boards, I think, are kind of restrictive, and it's not the only way 
to bring something, you know, into your physical reality. You know, like you gave that great example. I've heard that a lot, by the way. There must be something to that. I just have a problem. When I carry that much cash, I don't know about you, Kareem, but when I carry that much cash in my wallet, I spend it. (laughs) (laughs) But that's how it's supposed to be supposed to go, right? Supposed to get cash and let it flow, right? Yeah, that's right. You're supposed to let it flow. I like that. That's so good. Well, I want to, um, okay, so I have a question, Peter. Um, I think you talk about source energy in your book. I think I saw that. What is <laughs> what is source energy? Could you explain that to us? Uh, well, it's it's what we connect to. It's what it's what we connect to, and and it's a very it's actually a fairly complicated uh, question. Um, That's why I asked you from a, from a quantum <laughs> perspective. Okay. Uh, it's from a just from a, a a basic layman's perspective. It's basically connecting with what we would some of us term God. And what does connecting to source energy, Where? what does that do for us? How does that, if we've never connected to source energy or don't feel like we've connected, and then we do connect, what is the difference there? Well, let me, let me go back a little bit. There was a, okay. a gentleman named uh, Max Planck who was uh, the father of quantum physics. And he was a, he was a Nobel laureate, I believe, in 1911. And he, began, he, t- he spoke of uh, the concept of pensioning, for instance. We talk about in, in the technology that I offer up in my book, Intend, Declare, Detach, the inten- the, theoretically what we, are, what we think we're doing is we're setting intention that's coming from us, from ego. Mm-hmm. Okay. X Planck suggested that we, what we are doing is in fact connecting with an intention. But when you ask me the question, are you connecting with source energy, you are connecting with, with a source of not only you know, energy uh, stated as energy, but more, more from the standpoint of Connecting with a source of data and information, and uh, uh, one then connects with an intention versus setting an intention. I don't know if you've ever come across that perspective. No, I actually haven't. That's interesting. Uh, it's an old. It's Max Planck, Nobel laureate, uh, sort of the father of quantum physics, and uh, uh, Wayne Dyer talks a lot about it in his in his uh, books. Hmm. I have to think about that one. Um, you also talk about um, the need for recognizing, like an unawakened state. What does unawakened mean to you? Or could you give us an example of someone that has is living in an unawakened state, in your opinion? Well, we all are. <laughs> okay, That's we all well are. Sure. It's, a, it's a it's a state. A very, it's a con, uh, it's a it's a common state of humankind. Going back historically, and an unawakened state means we're in ego. When we're in ego, we are coming to human transactions from a position typically of poverty and from of fear, uh, versus being in spirit, where we're coming from a position of love, abundance, compassion. Uh, it's a, it's a, it's a different consciousness. So an unawakened state is where we believe that our bodies are who we are. Uh, we are in fact spirit having human experiences. Um, unfortunately, I think that the majority of people uh, probably have a hard time with that concept and, and, and really come from a position of uh, ego, which is an unawakened state. Right. I I agree. 
Um, okay, now you said that you knew for sure that this worked. Could you give us some examples of how you know for sure? Well, I've actually been uh, an expert at manifestation since I was a little kid. I've been Aww. doing I've been doing these things. I was taught basically to be a manifester, and uh, and I, I you know after couple decades went by, I was able to turn around, and hindsight is 2020, and it became clear that everything that I focused my attention on came manifest. Hmm. Uh, uh, I, you know, I was very interested in why, that, why I was able to be so lucky or so blessed. Uh. That's, what, that's where, the, that's where the, uh, the literary review of ancient theological texts started. That was about 10 years ago, and uh, that's where my... Research in quantum physics. I wanted to understand what, what am I doing right? How am I interacting with the universe uh, and making this stuff happen so consistently? I guess. Right, and that's so interesting you say that because I feel the same way. It's funny. Um, you said you were taught though. Who taught you to do that? Well, I wasn't. I wasn't taught directly. I was taught indirectly. What I was. What I. I grew up as I mentioned before. In a, in a parochial school system, Lutheran, and we were taught to show up on time. We were taught to say thank you. We were taught mm. to be gracious. Um, work ethic was was an inherent part of, uh, you know, self-discipline and, and having a strong work ethic was an inherent part of my upbringing. And those are the building blocks uh, for, uh, frankly, self-esteem. So, and this was Lao uh, Tzu okay. back in 400 BCE. He, he was... Uh, he, he talked about the concept of self-discipline being at the backbone of self-esteem and self-respect. Without self-respect and self-esteem, uh, the, the manifestation pro- process is actually hi- highly impacted. Take a person with a low-frequency brainwave, a person who's got a consciousness mentality, mm-hmm. and they try to manifest something they can't. They can't. That I, is so that. profound. I can't believe you just said that. That is... So profound. That's actually one of the issues I have with a lot of these speakers and healers and um, gurus on telesummits. They're saying, well, just subscribe to, you know, do my clearings and my mantras and my program and my healings. And I keep trying to teach everyone that, that you have to raise your consciousness. You have to raise your vibration or it's just not going to work. You can do a million vision boards and a million meditations and it's just, it's not going to match. It's not going to uh, resonate. Have you by chance seen the movie movie Limitless? No, but I, I don't probably know why should. it struck me, but I watched the movie the other day. And yeah, I was, that was a great movie. <laughs> and i got to tell you, I, the character, I think it's Bradley Cooper. And I've never really liked Bradley Cooper all that much until I saw this movie. And this movie does a great job of playing this character who basically starts out the movie with a very low-frequency brainwave. He's kind of a lazy guy. Who's disorganized? He's a slob. He basically can't. He has no self-discipline whatsoever. And then he is introduced to this drug that you can take, which basically increases your brain brain frequency. Mm. And it's funny because he began acting exactly the way I kind of do, good, bad, or different. But I'm very neat, <laughs> very organized. I exercise every day. I've been doing it since I was a kid. Uh-huh. All of a sudden, he was doing all of that. I was like, oh, my gosh, this is really interesting. And all of a sudden, he's got this expanded brain capacity. Uh, essentially, he's, rather than using just 10% of your brain, he was using all of it. That's what the drug did. Okay. And so the, what was interesting is out of his higher higher consciousness came all these behaviors. And I thought, well, this is really a great illustration because people 
that have a high-frequency brainwave who are conscious are, are typically not lazy people. They're people that, that, that see the behavior as, as connected to manifesting the intention as, as the intention. And so the, 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 that was just a, a very interesting movie to illustrate what we're talking about, I guess. Ah, that is, that's, wow, I'm going to have to see that. That's interesting that we're starting to put out movies like that. That's a good thing. Well, I don't think that cool. intention was Thank there you. behind the movie, but, but it, it's, a great, it's a great illustration of what we're talking about. That, that, and this is, this is why I, I do have an issue with a lot of speakers who don't, who don't explain that this is actually, it requires work of the individual. It requires you, the, the thought, it's great to have the thought, but there's, a, there's an old Chinese proverb that I like to quote to people when I'm, you know, that are arguing with me about this, and, I, and it's those, <laughs> that, those that know and do not do, they just don't know. Because if you know, you're going to do. That's just a, it's a, it's a natural response uh, to, uh, to a, a life situation. That makes and, any sense. No, it does, and I totally agree. And I mean, I can give other examples in my life, meaning I believe when you're in the flow, as you kind of referred to before, and you are plugged into the not I wouldn't say the group consciousness, I would say a higher level of conscious thought or direction, um, sometimes you will be given maybe specific direction. This is how a lot of great things have happened in my life. Now, so I got in such random direction as I was looking through the little community newspaper. I think I tell this story in my book one day, and my eye fell on an ad for a certain health spa. So I'm looking at this ad, and it says massages, and I'm like, yeah, I could use a massage. And I heard as clearly as if someone were talking to me, go in and have a massage. And I'm like, really? Okay, well, that was a hard one. Sign me up. So I did. I went in, and I had a massage. Now, what happened while I was having this massage is the owner of this spa started talking to me, and I started talking about the machine that I'd already previously manifested. <laughs> and she said, would you like to come into my health spa? And I'll set all your appointments, and you can just test out of here a couple days a week. And so within two weeks, I had this great location. I didn't have to do any work getting new clients. And I was able to build up this huge, huge following just testing people, you know, out of somebody else's space. And, you know, I gave her a cut. It was, it was just marvelous. It was the most fantastic thing. But all that to say, you know, well, it wasn't hard to open the newspaper, but I still had to move. I had to make the appointment. I had to actually follow through. And then, you know, I had to work. So, you know, so so there's, I think it's kind of a two-sided. I, a lot of things fall through the ceiling and land in my lap. But if I just, you know, let them sit there, they're not going to grow and build and expand. There is that, there is that equation like you're saying where you do have to take action but I also think when you're truly in the flow you have an awful lot of coincidences or synchronicities. Well you're talking about awareness and being self-aware is key and once you once you begin to quiet your mind when you use techniques like meditation to quiet your mind you'll find that the synchronicities and that's what you're talking about here the synchronicities become crystal clear to you where before you were living in a, in a, with tunnel vision all of a sudden, you see a sign. You go in to get the massage. You not only not only do you see the sign, but you follow through. You will. I call it the art of allowing. Ah, uh, that's good. Right. The, 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 in other words, the synchronicities are happening to us all the time. The universe is always sending us back. But I can tell you from my own personal experience, I didn't pay any attention. I didn't believe in it. 
But the minute, the moment that I was, I began to understand the technology and how you, one manifests, then all of a sudden you begin to see the synchronicities. When you see the synchronicities, you begin begin to behave in such a way that allow the synchronicities to 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 uh, to manifest in in a, in a net end result. And once you begin to see that happening, that's when that's when everything kicks in and you become an amazing manifester. That's when all you have to do is begin to think about setting the intention, and it and it they become they flow like crazy. And I can just tell you, I've been doing this for three years consistently, where I, I do a, a specific meditation, and ever since I've started the meditation, the manifestation, the art of manifestation has has become wrote for me. It's become very, very straightforward and easy, and um, it's unbelievable, the flow. When you use the term flow, that's, a, that's an accurate term, because it begins to flow like crazy. In fact, you, get, you, you begin, to, mm-hmm. begin to see how clearly the, the manifestations that you're asking for are actually lessons. They're no longer, oh, I really want mm-hmm. a lot of money, or I really want the perfect romantic partner. So you get the perfect romantic partner, and what you find is you, you you uncover all kinds of issues that now you have to contend with. So maybe that's you. Maybe then you have to ask for another romantic partner, <laughs> or you begin to deal with some of those issues. Do you know what I'm talking about? Yes. yes. Right? Because you're, 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 you sounds like you're a manifester. Do you find that as your business increased, as you as you uh, allow these synchronicities to manifest into some sort of a reality, that all of a sudden that brought other problems like. No yeah, hiring. Yes, absolutely. And, and now you need a marketing budget. Now you need an assistant, yeah. <laughs> right? And even you know what I find, and I know that people are like, okay, now you guys are having a private conversation, but but there's a lot of lesson here. There's a lot of truth here. Um, what I found is, as you begin to achieve what you put out there, and and it comes to you, and, and you act on it. Other things fall away, almost the lower vibrational things or the things that you were secure in, that you were settling for, whether that's in, like you said, romantic relations or I've actually had to totally change my friend set that I've had for 15 years because, to be honest, it doesn't fit in with my new reality that I created. It, well, so, no, but fact, I didn't count that cost. I didn't count that cost. I never saw that coming. So no, things that's, like that's that. that's a brilliant, brilliant uh uh, analogy and and in fact in the book I talk about you, you, what, what you're what you're talking about is your frequency change. So I use the analogy of an the you know, AF, AM receiver versus an FM receiver. If you're putting out an FM signal and you're, all you can receive is an FM signal, frequency modulation versus uh, amplitude modulation, the two can't communicate. So if you were an AM receiver and now you're an FM receiver. You may as well forget it. Your your frequency is much higher. It's filled with data. Conversation with an AM receiver. You ever listen to AM? Nobody listens to AM, right? <laughs> <laughs> so so you so you can't you, you that that you just you you've outgrown that, and so it doesn't make any sense. So conversely, you do create problems because you do have to release relationships that maybe you valued on 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 one other level, and you you do have to change your business, and you do have to that you know you're you're evolving as a human. This is the idea. That as spirit, our 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 job here is to is to evolve. Our job is to live as complex a life, have as many complex life experiences, so that our spirit can evolve, so our frequency can increase. That's that's the whole idea here. So the, the as your consciousness increases, uh, your 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 brainwave literally does 
increase in frequency. There's a gentleman, a professor at the University of Wisconsin, his name is Richard Davidson, he's been bra uh, measuring brain waves for 30 years. He determined very clearly that, that uh, the low, lower frequency brain waves uh, are correlated to a victim mentality. Victim mentality folks are the ones to uh, most, uh, most uh, uh, consistently commit suicide, in fact, statistically. And it's because they their frequency their, their their frequency brainwave is lower, and one might say that they need to go get back into realignment. They become drug addicts. They become very unhappy, depressed people. So life on Earth is not necessarily a positive thing. They don't manifest well. And so conversely, on the other side of the spectrum, you have a high frequency brainwave uh, individual who's putting out a, sp a specific type of wave. And there, these are self-actualized individuals. Mm -hmm. You might uh, use Gandhi or uh, Mother Teresa, the Dalai Lama, Jesus Christ, Buddha, as examples for high-frequency uh, brainwave people, and so and 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 the, the perspective that we have on life, on the universe, is is our consciousness, and that's uh, that's the that's the main point of the point of power is that the, it's the absolute quality of your consciousness in the present moment that impacts on the quality and of the next life situation. So it's how you look at it. It's not what's actually happening. And that's a really tough thing to get across, especially in Western culture, because we believe that what we see is, is our reality. And, and, and uh, you know, I, I always love people. I, I, I like to go by the facts, I, my reality. And I, I just don't like those words because they're just, they're just not true. Well, it's all based on our consciousness, if that makes any sense to you. Oh, it absolutely makes you know, sense to me. And it's funny, and I want to ask you this question, Peter, because I never thought about this. But I, and I'll let you talk, Kareem, I promise. I, I really do. <laughs> I know you have a question or some questions. Or no, it's a, it's a, a contribution. Question. Oh, is it? Okay. But I just love talking to people that <laughs> like this. So I'm really enjoying this conversation. It's very refreshing. Um but one thing, I guess one of my questions would be, and I've always known this, I was born an extreme optimist. Like, I always see oh, there's hope. I always see a solution. I always see the brighter side of an equation, and I always frame it that way. So consequently, I wake up every day expecting a miracle, expecting a solution, expecting a synchronicity, expecting just something amazing to happen. And I have always been that way. Now, what, do you believe you can almost be born into, let's say, this place? Or maybe you can be born with a higher frequency or those brain waves? Or what do you think about that? Because I know that that optimism that is an inherent part of my personality is part of my success in my whole life. Well, there's, there's no question that your outlook is directly correlated to your consciousness. If you are a victim mentality person, I mean, how, do, you, do, you, do you have anyone in your life that basically has a victim mentality that basically, no matter what happens to them, it's always someone else's fault? They go you know, to work, I don't because their, they, they don't do their, well with me. <laughs> oh, okay, well, then, never mind. <laughs> they fall away. No, but I totally understand what you're saying. I'm sorry, right. I didn't mean to interrupt you. Well, conversely, totally. your attitude being positive, that came from somewhere. I can't, I certainly don't know you well, well enough to be able to tell you where that came from, but that can come from, from essentially, we are spirit first, and we, are, we, be, we come into a body. So I just finished an article in the Huffington Post about what spirit is, <laughs> 
so you might want to read that. That's next week, but that's a, it's a very complicated conversation. It's about the, one, one of the emerging concepts in science is the idea that our universe is actually a hologram. Oh, and yeah. Oh, we're, yeah. We're not going to go into okay. that in this conversation, but it, it took me hours to write the article because it's, it's such an interesting, complex way of approaching um, our existence. But if, 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 if it applies, if spirit is a hologram, that means it's like a filing cabinet of past lives. So the life, your, your information from past lives are registered, and so you bring that with you to your current body situation. So that's one possibility, okay? Second one is, you know, how, how were you treated as a child? Who, who were you surrounded by? What did you learn? Mm-hmm. And uh, I learned very, very early on that if I, if I work hard, I get a good grade. If I show up on time, you know, there, there are benefits. And, you know, I, I, I believe that the patterns that we set um, absolutely have an impact on, on the net result and how, what the quality of our life is. But more importantly, you've hit, hit this point many times. It's what you fill your thoughts with. If your thoughts are full of, you know, hope and enthusiasm, mm-hmm. boy, it has a tremendous impact. In fact, I break it down into three words that I use all the time. And it, Number one, be open. Be open mm-hmm. to information. Be open to information. Don't put your foot in the door. You're not going to get hurt listening to someone's perspective or a different perspective. Number two, be humble. Humble means let the information in. Don't be afraid of it. Be, be willing to listen. doesn't mean that you have to agree. doesn't mean you have to do anything, but be open, be humble. And the last thing is be gracious. Mm-hmm. When, you, when you come to a, a life situation from a position of gratitude, it changes that life life situation. It changes that interchange. If you can imagine someone that comes into I, I just I just spent the day at the Ritz Carlton. Nice. Writing 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 to uh next week's article. And I couldn't believe I'd never stayed there before. Uh-huh. Ballet person they you know can you would you like a glass of a, a, a bottle of water? Who I mean unbelievable uh graciousness and thankfulness and hospitality uh by a by way of all the employees, it was an amazing it was an amazing uh, experience to be surrounded by such hospitality. Now, when you're gracious, think about it. When you're when you're gracious and you have gratitude for a particular moment or person or situation, mm. can't be angry. Can't be angry. You can't True. have grace and anger at the same time. If you have gratitude and you, you're living with grace, you can't have fear. And what are the two things that keep us the most stuck? Mm. Very true. I talk a lot about that. I think fear is one of the most destructive vibrations there is. So I'm with you there. Right. Well, I hear I hear it, I hear it in your voice, and I hear it in everything that you're saying. And so it doesn't doesn't surprise me a bit that you're you're able you're an effective manifester. Aw, that's sweet. I wanted to go back to your um. Thank you. I, I, it does me well, and um, it's so funny because I was just thinking because I hear the same thing in your voice. So there's kind of a certain pattern i think to people that um have learned some of the lessons i know we still have a ways to go as we all do um, and and i'll tell you what it's an an incredible (laughs) gift to give incredible if you can take someone who is struggling and and can give them the gift of 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 hope and i I, you know i was i I, you know Mm -hmm. my mother passed away when i was very young it was a you know a bit of a trauma for me we ended up almost nearly poverty poverty stricken and so I started a little company from nothing. I mean, when I was I was accepted to several universities, I went to the least expensive one, and I uh, I started a little company. And I started it with 
nothing, $250 in my pocket. I went out and bought a pickup truck and some shovels, and I, I was studying landscape architecture and architecture awesome. and construction. And so, I mean, the, 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 the attitude that I had was, well, what do I need to do to make tuition? What do I need to do? It wasn't, well, what, you know, it wasn't, I, I'm too good to do this or be prideful. So I, whatever I needed to do, and it's amazing how that mentality, mm. self-respect, builds self-esteem, and, and the way people, people look at you, well, why, you know, you seem like an educated young adult. Why are you doing manual labor? Well, because that's what I have to do right now. What, what, what is the, what, you know, people are always asking, you know, and I did, I did pretty well since then. People are always asking, well, how did you become so successful? Well, I did whatever I needed to do at that particular moment. And my, uh, my uh, I think this week's article in the Huffington Post was uh, how, how to always respond with right action. How to always respond with right action. So how do you respond with right action? The only thing that, the only, the most important person that I'm talking to right now are, is, are your listeners and you. This is the most important thing that I'm doing right now. Right. 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 And, and, right. and so, what am I? What? 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 What's the most important thing that I'm doing right now? Is is this specific task? And so, how do I respond with right action right now? That means I need to be present. Mm. I need to be offering up, hopefully, a positive, helpful information. I need to be thankful for this opportunity. I need to be humble and listen. And. Uh, that is the right. That's the correct response. Now, how difficult is it to figure that out most of the time? Unless you're an ego. When I was, you know, 17, 18 years old, and I got accepted, and I only had limited funds. The, the, my response to that given situation was to go out and figure out a way how to make money. Now, th- that sounds real simple on one hand, but most of us will have the same problem. There are a lot of people right now that are struggling economically. But rather than simply saying, well, what do I need to do right now? They're saying, well, what am I willing to do right now? What do I, what do I feel like doing right now? That's not the right response. The right response is, what mm. can I do right now? What, are, what, what options do I have in front of me? If I don't have any options, what I need to do right now is develop options. Right? <laughs> I love it. Right? So what's the next thing? Now that I've got the options, I need to pick one. Now that I've got the, now that I picked the option, now I need to go and I got to I've got I've got to get up early and I've got to make that option. I, put, I need to initiate. I need to ma- man. I need to make that happen. And that's the process. It's not just sitting in a meditative state in a, in a yoga position thinking about how you're going to make a lot more money. It's it's about following a process. And in every given moment, you are responding with right action. If you're in front of the person that you love and you're you're struggling in a relationship, what's the most important person that you're talking to right now? It's the person mm-hmm. in front of mm-hmm. you. And, mm-hmm. and if you're trying to me- uh, meld that relationship into something positive, then what are you going to do? You need to speak positive. You need to you need to come to it with compassion and understanding, and and uh, with, with love in your heart from spirit, not from ego. From ego, it's what are you going? It's, it's I'm, I'm afraid. What are you going to do for me? Mm-hmm. Afraid of what you're going to do to me? I don't trust you. You know, I've been here before, right? Right. So that's that's where the consciousness comes into play, and then also we need to behave our way to success. So hopefully. And I really, and I totally agree. One thing I, and I, I know you didn't really totally directly address this, but one conversation my parents and I have had is they're like, oh, the economy, the economy, and do you know this? And I said, I don't care. That's not my point of view because I am a perfect example, as are you and many other people, I have done better and better and better because I have no point of view with me in relation to the economy. Um, so I think it's important to not hold, get into that living in the moment and not holding 
or subscribing to that vibration or that fear frequency or that point of view. If you can shake that, that's a good start. Then, you know, Donald Trump's a perfect example. And I've always called myself, you know, a through person, meaning I will do anything, no matter what situation I'm in, I will pick the best possibility to make what happens happen. And, you know, I know you've you've shared you haven't been in always the most perfect, pleasant situations, and neither have I. And people that know me today would be like, you did that? Why? Because I was a single mother with four children, and I needed to do that then to get where I am now. And so there is an unwillingness that we think it's all, like you said, like it's magical, and people listen to these telephonists and read wonderful books, and then they say, well, it didn't work for me. Well, because it really doesn't just, you know, like you said, there's so many other steps. It doesn't just just fall through the ceiling, you know, while you're in a meditative state, and I really, I really like that. But to me, when you say be open to possibility, you know, I believe there's every possibility available every second. So we have infinite choice basically all the time. That's pretty darn amazing, you know. That's and, yeah, and, and I was going to suggest also that that uh, one of my mentors and, and someone that I, I have a great deal of respect for is Warren Buffett in the field of finance mm-hmm. and money. And he's somebody that uh, I had the pleasure of meeting. Wow. Children. I mean, he is, he's absolutely an amazing father. If you meet his children, you really see that. But I, I, was, I was interested because he doesn't come across as, as this rich, you know, wise financier. He basically lives in a house that he paid $40,000 for a long time ago. I think he's wow. <laughs> he still lives in the same house. His children come over there to that $40,000 house for Thanksgiving dinner. Uh, mm-hmm. He does not uh, live or reside in Manhattan where, the, where all the business is transacting. And I asked him why. He said, well, it would be distracting. Mm. Very interesting. This is one of the wisest uh, men in the business, and uh, where you know, everyone I graduated with in finance, they went, they ended up on Wall Street. Sure. And most right. of them, you know, made a fortune and lost a fortune, and uh, it was very, very interesting. He takes himself out of the flow and is able to take a perspective from a gestalt perspective and really look at what's actually happening. And of course, he's able to benefit from that. So he's an interesting character. Yeah, he's another he's another really good one. I respect him as well. Kareem, do we have a chat room question? Kareem? Yes, we do. Okay. From Angel Ward. Uh, they ask, what if I do not know how to want anything for yourself? I just want to be used for the greater good, but I don't know how to want enough for me. Could, could you repeat that one more time? They said, what if you don't know how to want anything for yourself? I That's just where you're losing me. I, that sentence, I'm having just Repeat that again. What if you don't know how to want anything for yourself? So the question is, how do you determine what you want for yourself? Is that the question? That's what it's seeming like to me. So he's, So they're asking, how do you determine what your desire is? Yeah, and then he, and then, they and want then to be used saying, for the greater good, they but they like don't know how to... They would like to be used for the greater good. That's a statement. The question is, how do I determine? Mm-hmm. Am I, am I think I, so. I think you've got the gist of it. Okay. Hey, well, sir. so that, it's, a, it's a good question because a lot of us are, you know, we don't know what to do. Uh, and, and, it's, and I think that in, in, especially in these times where, you know, 
when the economy is struggling and people are losing their jobs, jobs are a really good way to keep, you know, keep focused on something, right? You go to work every day, and, you know, and, and so you don't really think about what really turns you on. So a lot of people mm-hmm. have lost their jobs, and they're floating, and they don't know what to do. They're, they're kind of floating, it, and so it's, it's an appropriate question, especially for these times. And it sounds like this person is interested in doing something for the greater good. So they're 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 concerned about feeling good about what they're what they're wanting to do. So the so the the basic issue is how do we as humans get in touch with that? How do we get in touch with that? How do we how do we determine what we're meant to be doing while here in the natural on this earth? Am I reading that right, you guys? I think so. Okay. Well, so the 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 first the first uh, step is to connect. With you asked me, how do you connect with source energy? Well, how do you mm-hmm. how, how do you connect with with that sort of some some people refer to it as intuition, right? How do you how, how do you connect with your intuition and bring the answers? Well, I got to tell you, uh, quieting your mind using a breath meditation and simply asking the question is incredibly effective. Incredibly effective. The first mm-hmm. couple times you do it, it's it and probably nothing will happen. But I can tell you that after even, I've only been doing it for three years. Whenever I have a question, deep question that I can't come to terms with, um, from a perspective of, of ego or from a perspective of my brain thinking through it, if I go into and do a breath meditation, I focus for three to four minutes and I simply ask the question. Uh, answer comes. So it's, it's very, it's very simple. And then, and then follow the intend, declare, detach technology. Just go through those steps, and you'll find. As you've been pointing out um, in your life experience, it works like works very easily. Magic, <laughs> I like to say. Um, I wanted to kind of flesh out a couple things that really important points. And you know, I caught living in the question, and Kareem and I talk about this, and it's just those open-ended questions. You know, a lot of times. You know, I'll find myself going into resistance, which I know you know what I'm talking about, Peter. I'll yeah. just feel the energy of it. I don't even consciously think resistance, but I feel myself go there. And then I sometimes have to step out of it energetically. And then I say, well, what would it take to change this? Or um, what energy and contribution can I be to accomplish blank within the next three months, day, week, you know, whatever? But it's an open-ended question. I'm kind of allowing... Um, the universe and guidance to come to me. I'm throwing it out there. I'm leaving it out there. I'm not putting any requirements on it, and I'm not immediately answering it. And if you can learn to live in the question, again, you open up so much possibility beyond what you can Uh, ever create. Did you say living in the question? Yeah, I I call it living in the question. Right. Well, there's actually another methodology that um, is, is in fact, it's a Huffington article that I wrote just a couple of weeks ago, and it's about how, how do you get the, in fact, the article is called, How Do You Get the Answer to Any Question in 48 Hours? Cool. Wow. And, uh, yeah. It, and and I, I cited uh, some resources. If you, if you go back to um, the day of Thomas Edison, I cited a couple of others that are examples. I can't remember them off the top of my head. They all use the same method, and it's, the, it's, it's, it's essentially where you uh, d- d- develop the question, you know, whether it's Thomas Edison deciding you know, he, how he's going to approach creating the first light bulb, right? So you develop the question, you document, you do your research, you do the best that you can to get as much information in front of you, and then you uh, set it aside, take a pause, you take a nap, 
Thomas yep. Edison would actually take a nap. Interesting. Would wake up with the answer. And I, I cited a couple of other great examples, uh, but I can't remember them specific, the specifics. But all these people use exactly the same technology, and it's basically putting space around the question. You talked about living with the question, I think. It's putting mm-hmm. space around mm-hmm. the question, and rather than using what I used to do really well, which is the Lutheran work ethic, which is you just bang it over the top of the head, <laughs> it works, and you bang it harder if it doesn't, and you, and you work 48 hours a day, um, you... That doesn't work, I can tell you. that All that does is make your life miserable. But what does is by simply uh, do, doing the, your due diligence. I mean, you can't just be lazy about it if what you're trying to do is really come up with an answer to something fairly uh, significant or complex. You, you do your research, but then the most important thing is detach, detach and the information comes to you. And, and I, I, I go into a lot of detail uh from a quantum physics perspective on how that actually works. We can't do that over on the air because... No, 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 no. Easy, well, but in the book, it, we, I tell you, I explain um, from a scientific perspective how that works. And, uh, and, and I've got to tell you guys, it's so much fun because while you're detaching, you can play and not worry about it. And so much of our life is spent in what I call the spin, which is that overanalyzing, kind of like what you were talking about. And I, I was laughing about when you keep saying Lutheran background because I have a Methodist background, so it's very similar. I, I can pick up the vibration, and I'm just like, right. I know well, it's, it's exactly West- how you were raised. Well, it's, <laughs> Western, it's Western culture, and listen, there's nothing wrong with it. It's, no, it's uh, it, You know, God bless. I mean, it's an amazing foundation to work with, but like many of the, the New Age books, The Secret, and, and, that, where they talk about setting an intention and thinking yourself – and then and then declaring a set of behaviors. I get all that. You know, we Lutherans do that amazingly well. Mm-hmm. What we don't do really well is the detached part, and that means letting go of control, allowing the universe, allowing God, whatever your belief system uh, allows for, detaching and allowing the universe to handle the details for you because the universe, believe it or not, is way more powerful, way more intelligent than we can ever possibly be. And if you think about it, uh, from, from just a purely intellectual perspective, to think that we can actually outthink, outcontrol, you know, a, a universe that has created worlds from nothingness, created us mm-hmm. from nothing. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's almost silly. It's almost just silly. It, it is. It's, it's, it's the ego part. That's the ego coming into play when we think that you know we think we're bigger uh-huh. and that we can figure it out ourselves. The other point that is just brilliant, and and this is something I've been hammering more with my clients lately because it's such a crucial piece to creation and you keep saying this over and over in different ways is the quiet mind and only in the last year and a half would I say that I have a quiet mind I have such a quiet mind that when guests come on the show and they say well Kim bring up something that you're anxious about or that you think about all the time and I'm like I can't so I believe and I don't meditate a lot anymore Peter because I when you have a quiet mind 24 hours out of 24 hours, you're in a walk, you're walking meditation. You talk about stuff showing up. I mean, because then you have that power of creation that comes from that quiet mind. I tell my clients the only way you can create is to have the space to create. You have to create that space to create. So I totally agree with that. I love that. Right, right. That, that, that reminds me of a story uh, where the uh, there was a, there was a monk and a master and his student, and they were the, the student had just arrived, 
and was just foaming with information and was telling the monk about himself and and the monk was pouring tea and he was pouring the tea into a cup and the started overflowing the edge and uh, the, the young man said hey what are you doing you know the spilling tea all over the place and the master said uh, in order to basically in order for you to begin to learn you've got to empty your cup first <laughs> so what you're doing as a, it sounds like as a matter of course you're em- emptying your mind your qu- your mind is quieted and and you're open so that's why these synchronicities are are, are so aptly coming into your life here in the natural and your life is going so well so that's 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 good yeah so yeah it's taken a long a long time to get here and it's not necessarily an overnight process although i believe it can be cream do you have any questions for peter that you can think of um you're saying basically that you're a very disciplined person do you have like a time schedule where you do certain things or is it just does it come naturally to you because you've been doing it so long but what I'm saying is, like, you said that you meditate for three to four minutes. Do you do that at a certain time, or is it whenever you get the free time? No, it's a great, great question. I mean, it's interesting. I've, I've felt that one of the keys to being successful at uh, at certain things is to ritualize them. Mm-hmm. And something that I, I learned when I was at, I, I lived at the Lama Temple in Beijing, China, with these monks. I, they ritualized everything. And I thought from meditation uh, down to uh, preparing food for the Buddha each morning. And I thought, well, this is really interesting because in, in Western culture, what we do is we buy a health club membership, right? Uh-huh. Do it typically around January. It's like a Year's Eve resolution, which I don't. I find I find this all a bit a bit offensive because I don't. I think it's counterproductive, and I'll explain why. When you when you have an intention, your intention is to say lose weight or to get in better shape, right? You, in order for it to uh, to be carried out, we have to behave our way to success. Now, we all know that exercise and diet not necessarily fun. I've been I, and and so trick that I I came up with back when I was a teenager was in fact to ritualize, and I didn't do this with the intention, with the knowledge base that I have now. But one of the things that I've done right is I ritualize things that I, that I don't really like doing, but I, but I know that the cost, or the benefit out, outweighs the cost. And so every morning, the first thing that I do is I get up and I run. And I run, I run typically to a beach and I, I do a meditation and then I do a swim and I lift weights. And that's how I start my day and I do that before I sit down in front of my computer. I find that if, if I sit down in front of my computer first to return emails or whatever, that that I sometimes get distracted. So right. the key, I, I believe, the key to any of these things that you need to work on is to ritualize them and do it in such a way that you can't uh, can't get around it. And and my trick is to do it first thing. So that hopefully that answers the question. Yeah, it does. Um... Um, the next part is there's, some, uh, there's something that you're trying to to accomplish in your life. That you, oh, I'm trying to accomplish a lot. Tell me what, <laughs> one of your what's one of your intentions that you're trying to accomplish? That's good. Um, right now I'm working towards getting a house. So 
you know, I'm listening to what you're saying, and I did, you know, say I want a house, I want a house, and that that's in the I future. Want? Yeah, want. Yeah, <laughs> we're gonna we're now, gonna give you a hard time right now, okay? <laughs> I want a house. Wait, wait, wait. Now I've seen the house that I want, so <laughs> now is I gotta get that house. I need that house. How can I get this house? So I don't know if it's my wording that changed or Yeah, I no, I can tell you I can help you right now, right away. The the the, the trick first of all let me talk about the concept of visualization. Now, there's a couple of guys that you and I both know. One, one of them, his name is Arnold Schwarzenegger. Now, Arnold was an amazing visualizer. He won mm-hmm. Mr. Olympian four times, Mr. Universe mm-hmm. five times, right? So he would stand in front of a mirror. He'd look at his body. He would visualize his bicep the way that he wanted wanted to look. So obviously he did an amazing job. He won all these tournaments. So he, he, he used the concept of visualization. And so what you're doing is, when you, with regard to the home that you want to purchase, it's amazing that you've already found it. That's fantastic. So now what I need you to do is I need you to take that house and I need you to look at, I need you to re-landscape it in your house, I, mm. in your mind. I want you to decide what, you, what are you going to do with the landscaping. I want you to decide what, you're going to, what color you're going to paint it, what kind of furniture are you going to buy. Wow. And you're going to picture yourself sitting in the, in the living room watching your big screen TV on the couch that you're going to buy, you're going to smell it, you're going to feel it, you're going to you're going to taste the food that you're eating, you're going to make you're, you're going to be living in that house in your mind as though it had already occurred. No more of this I want this house or I need this house. I want this house and I need this house. What you're telling the universe is, I want a house like this in the future. And the, the, the unfortunate part is the future is always going to be in the future. It'll never be in the now. The only thing that you, that, the only power that you have is in the now. So what I want you to do is visualize that house as though you're already living in. I want you to see yourself pulling your car up into the drive, driveway. I want you to see yourself paying the property tax bill, picking out the curtains. I want you to do is, I want you to feel the house as though it's already yours and you're already living it. That's trick number one. Now. Uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger was was able to not only manifest uh, changes in his body, which, by the way, are the easiest changes to make. If you want to change your body, it's just geographically, it's right there. So it's one of the easiest things to get the universe to help you with, by the way. Uh, Tiger Woods learned how to visualize when he was a child. His, his parents taught mm-hmm. meditation, and he obviously used it uh, in amazing amazing ways to, to win many championships. Um, uh, uh, let's see. Muhammad Ali, fellow Chicagoan, he used to uh, visualize the fight in advance. He would determine what what uh, punches he was going to use to knock the guy down. Mm. Would determine what round was. In fact, I think in the book I talk about um, him. He used to uh, work with Howard Cosell, the announcer, and he would shout out uh, a, a poetic phrase. You know, Muhammad Ali's the greatest. He would be cocky. He would. Uh, have little poems that he would make. I think when one was Archie Moore's going down in four, something like that. Uh, he was out to the media. I don't know if you, you know if you remember that sort of thing, but he he was convinced that he was going to win this fight, and uh, he would train like crazy. He didn't just didn't just visualize, but he visualized the punch uh, combinations, and then of course he would actually manifest the knockout. Um, so this stuff works like crazy. So I need you to visualize that house 
then you need to declare behaviors that are in alignment with buying the house. And that means uh, it means money. It means what kind of things can you do right now, starting today? What, can, what, what, what sort of incremental intentions can you create that will bring you uh, closer to purchasing that house? So just, you know, some real simple things, obviously, is have, have a great deal of gratitude for your job. Begin to treat your customers. Have a, a service mentality. If you're, I, don't, I don't know what your employment situation is, but if you have a boss, be gracious. Be thankful. Be open. Listen for cues. How can you, how can you make sure that you're going to be working at this place in the future, that if you're the last person laid out? How can you work harder? How can you add more value? Right. Secondly, you're going to maybe look to get financing on the house. Is there a way that you could begin to build a relationship with uh, one or two different banks? You have some uh, cash assets. Pick a bank, put the put the cash in that bank, and 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 take the take the uh, loan officer out for lunch. You know, go in and introduce yourself. Do whatever it is you can to begin to move yourself in the direction of purchasing that house. Start to go to Home Depot. Start picking out furniture. Anything that you can do. Get your 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 uh, behaviors in alignment with that intention. Got you. Now you said you said a lot about the the appreciation and gratitude. Do you think that amplifies everything, or it makes it come quicker? Or absolutely, absolutely. Every morning, I mean, again, this, these are old Lutheran sort of ideals. We were taught to give thanks for the food uh, before each meal. We'd say a prayer. Um, we would pray. That our my brother would be taken care of and and would be safe and my mother and my father and so these these are all little rituals that theology was trying to teach us manifest a a, a frequency of gratitude and grace mm-hmm. and uh, when I say frequency I mean I, this is sometimes it's really hard to discuss this topic with most people because the universe doesn't hear words the universe does not understand thank you. <laughs> The universe cares vibration. The universe yep. doesn't care whether you swear. The universe cares what's behind the swear word. Is there anger? Is there fear? Now you can swear, you know, in happiness because your team just won, and that's mm-hmm. a completely different vibration than you know swearing at your at your dog for doing something or you're angry. And so what you're what you're putting out is is a frequency. So think in terms of frequency. And think about think about uh, the way a person looks. Like if you see a person that's slumped over, you know, and they're talking real monotone, right? And they're not excited. There's no inflection in their voice. You know, what what are you getting from them, right? What's the feeling you're getting? Are, did, are is it love? Is it is it passion? Is it inspiration? Probably not. The universe is picking up that. So if you want this house, I love this house. I, lo- I love this house. I see my you know, my 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 you know, wife and kids sitting around the uh, Christmas tree celebrating Thanksgiving. I am so excited. This is going to be amazing. So you're going to go to the furniture store. You're going to start picking up furniture. You're going to start picking up paints. How can I decorate it? You're going to make this into something real, and you're going to be excited about it. You're going to come from a position of inspiration, from being in spirit, not in ego. Ego. Ego says, I want the house. Why? Because I just want to have a house. Mm-hmm. People think I'm cool. Now, it, it, you, it, you want to come from a position of passion and inspiration and grace and thankfulness. And yes, well, it's like it's like 
it's like boiling with boiling with gears. Uh, Make the transaction happen. I absolutely agree. One thing I would add, Kareem, that I don't know, I think it's in my book, I'm not sure, but um, they found that if you can hold that vision or that movie or that image for 17 seconds, it manifests a lot faster, actualizes a lot faster. So um, there's something with the 17 seconds and longer, and it sounds really short until you try it. And But then you get kind of used to about how long it is, and I have certain visions now, I have a little bit of a different story because I've been, I've been given visions, which are awesome because I know they've already happened in the future. So, you know, it's really nice to be able to play visions that you know have already happened or will be happening. So it's easy for me because I just play those. But um, you can create, as you said, you know, Peter, whatever vision you would like to play for yourself. But it is important to hold that that frequency. Basically, you're staying in that frequency for 17 seconds. So you might want to consider that and kind of practice until you get the feel for that. But I love what you said because one of the things I teach my clients, Peter, is is exactly what you said in a different way. I say, they'll say, oh, I'm not this and this isn't this and this isn't that. And, and that's what I'm very good at. I'm very good at reading specific energy frequencies. And what I tell them is I say, you know what, energy never lies. People do. No, that's, that's absolutely true. And the, uni- the universe is is interested in your your frequency, the the message that you're sending it, and it will send you back exactly what you're what you're you're putting out. If you want to attract a better partner, you're attracting people that are losers. They're not they're not you know up to your snuff. Look at yourself. Look yep. at yourself. Change yourself. Yep. Into work on yourself. If you're, you're you're attracting lazy people. Look at yourself. Where are you lazy? You may not be a lazy person in your own eyes. But look, just just be a little bit more self-aware. You're probably lazy in some area. Probably la- there's there is, there's an element of laziness, and, and and so you if you can figure out where that is, and you can become more active and more self-disciplined in that area, you'll find that you're, you'll be attracting a different person almost immediately. No, that is so so true, and uh, and it's funny because sometimes we're resistant to leaving a relationship, um, even if you know it's not working, and we know that it's not right. But as you work on yourself and you develop those qualities that you want in another person, it's a lot easier. All of a sudden, that relationship, like we talked before, doesn't really fit your vibration, and it's a lot easier in a practical sense to allow that to go or to choose to end it. So uh, everything goes back to, you know, working on raising your consciousness and working on the qualities that you desire to have in your life, in yourself, and embracing those into your life. Peter, do you have a specific story that you could tell us about Something that you desired or brought into your life or manifested in your life? Oh, I've got I've got I've got a couple that I talk about in the book. Um, you know, one is just is sort of an interesting story. I, I was uh, uh, on a, a board of directors on a small bank that we'd started um, with a tiny little acquisition, and uh, uh, you know, the board decided I was the youngest person on the board at that time, and they said they were. They wanted me to go sit on the board of directors of a symphony, and so I said, "Well, okay, you know, I'll do my part." And it was kind of—they were kind of almost giving me—it was almost like a joke because I sat on this board, and was, everyone was about twice my age at that time, and they were all very wealthy, and I, I wasn't at that time. And so uh, we, I would go to the board meetings, and I would just listen. And then um, I realized that that the board was really not very businesslike. They were just—they were not—they did not have an entrepreneurial spirit. They really didn't understand how to build a how to run a business, and the symphony was a business. It had 
you know, 50 to 60 you know, employees, whether musicians or administrative staffing or whatever. And of course, it had a, needed a budget, needed funding, it had to sell tickets. And uh, so I realized that after six months on the board that the, that the symphony was going bankrupt or going under. And so three of the elders on the board ended up showing up in my office one morning at about 7 a.m. when I, they knew that I came in and opened the doors. And uh, they came in and said, well, Peter, we'd, we'd really like to nominate you as president of the board. Hell. And I said, guys, really, you know, it's like asking me to be the captain of the Titanic. I mean, we're <laughs> going under. I mean, nobody in the board, real frankly, nobody knows what they're doing. We don't have a conductor anymore, and there's no business plan. And, and I said, "Listen, I, I'm you know I'm a small-time business myself, and, and I you know I don't know that I want to get involved with that." So they 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 left. And then that evening, I realized this is kind of an interesting situation because you know that everyone knew that we were going bankrupt, so I, w- I wasn't going to get blamed for making it worse. <laughs> so and conversely. There were a lot of people that were really relying on their jobs, and some of these people have been paying, playing with the symphony for 25, 30 years, and really this was this was very important to them. It was important to the community. We did kindergarten concerts for children, and uh, it was in a, it was in a somewhat rural area. This was kind of the center, mm-hmm. and uh, so the uh, various farm communities going out 40, 50 miles would bring their their uh, school children in to listen to the kinder concerts as they were. Title to expose them to classical music. Now, my mother was a classical pianist, so classical music to me was a, a huge part of my my youth, and and uh, really created a very nice foundation for my adult life. And so I thought, well, this is really this is very sad. And uh, so I I called them the next day, and I said, well, I'm going to do it. And uh, I used <laughs> I used the concepts in my book before I'd written the book. Obviously, it's called the Point of Power. Before. <laughs> I set, I set an intention. My intention was to get in and, and do what I did really well, which was kind of take charge and lead um, a, lead a business to success. And I interviewed my competition. I brought him over to my house, and I was mm-hmm. a scotch drinker, and I bought him a lot of a lot poured him a lot of scotch, and he ended up telling me exactly what I needed to do to turn it around. And I went to the head of the music department at the uni- local university. He told me, and so I created a plan. And I initiated the plan. I, I did uh, set an intention with the universe, and I, I created a, uh, a set of behaviors. I had press conferences. I reached out to the community business people, and w- literally within 180 days had turned the situation around. I had hired a new conductor. I did a, a, a national conductor search because that was one of the weaknesses that we I determined. That, you know, these other folks told me we because I didn't know what I was doing, but I, I hired this conductor, and we sold out. Concerts, so um, wow. That was that's just a, 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 a kind of before I even did the research for my book. This is just a, an example of how I manifested an amazing success, and it really wasn't my vision. It was these three elderly women who came into my office. It was their vision. I became a part of that vision. That's neat. That's a really that's a really great story. Cream, do you have any other questions? No, it's been a lot of help. I'm listening to everything, and it's, it's, you know, it's making a lot of sense. Well, well thank you. That's great to hear. It's yeah, great talking it's, to you guys. Yeah, it was so enjoyable because this is really, I don't know, 
I'm I'm in a wide variety of I would say metaphysical uh, communities, you know, across the globe, and this is not as out there as you think it would be, in my experience. You know, there's little bits and pieces here and there, but I'm pretty impressed with how you pulled all that together. I mean, that is just a well done book, and it's called The Point of Power, and it's available where, Peter? Everywhere, I guess? I think you can get it. Uh, Barnes & Noble. I, th- I know Amazon has it. You can download it on Kindle uh, and I think iTunes. I th- pretty much most, most places. I think Bar- Barnes & Noble has it on the uh, on the shelves. And, uh, and and then Huffington Post, if you, if you can go to that uh, site, I highly recommend it. Um, just type in my name, and there's also information about my books at the end of every article. I write a different article each week on concept of consciousness and how we interact with the universe and how we make our lives uh, manifest in the natural. Yeah, I think that's phenomenal. I wish I'd known about that a long time ago because I would retweet that to my... Twitter followers and my Facebook people because that's good information to get out there. So I'm going to be signing up for that and reading all that back, good back stuff. So I really appreciate you coming on The Secret to Everything, Peter. It was wonderful. It was encouraging. And I know a lot of people will be listening to the archives and downloading it on iTunes. And I believe it's going to change people's reality. So I'm excited. Great. Th- thanks so much, guys. Such a pleasure uh, meeting you both and, and having this uh, super conversation. Thanks. Yeah, many blessings to you. Thank you so much. Have a wonderful evening. Wow, Kareem, what did you think? That was an awesome show. Yeah, that was very awesome, very informative. I think he he knows exactly what he's talking about. And some people that know about what they're talking about don't know how to explain it to, you know, like you said, layman folks. Right. So, you know, he knows how to explain it to everybody. So, thank And do you feel his enough. energy? He has that, that great Yeah, I was burning energy. up. Yeah, he's got great energy. He is connected, just like we'd Absolutely. like everyone, <laughs> you know, everyone to be. But just to sum up, you know, a couple things is, it's possible, it's accessible, you can raise your vibration, you can bring whatever you'd like to create. It's totally empowering. I believe in empowerment. You don't have to be healed forever. You don't have to read books forever. You can make this happen now. And, you know, pick up Peter's book, pick up my book, type it. You know, there's a lot of misinformation out there, but just the fact that you're speaking and that you're in that higher frequency of possibility, I think it's really going to help. So, I hope you everyone enjoyed the show. I hope you listened to me on Melinda Carver's show on Sunday at 8 p.m. on Blog Talk Radio called Positive Perspectives. I'm actually going to be talking about some of the same things we talked on here, and I think I'm going to be giving free readings as well. So that should be a great show. And do you have anything else to add, Kareem? Um, you know, the usual, just make sure you uh, tune into shows I gave you the list once again is July 4th we're going for Russell Dunn on color therapy July 11th MJ healing with blue energy UFOs July 18th is self-defense and LA phone psychic Allison E Uh, the 25th is James Goy manifesting money August 1st is the Kennedy conspiracy August 8th is Melinda Carver which show you're going to be on this Sunday um, August 15th, Sashana, the energy healer. 
um, August 22nd, Dr. Joy and Jarrett Hewitt, they're energy healers. Um, September 12th is Intuitive Energy Healer, Mas Seje. And September 26th, we have Arthur Farum on Ancient Civilization. And, you know, always, as always, you can check out the website. It's thesecrettoeverything.com, one word. Uh, Serenity Natural Wellness on Facebook or Dr. Kimberly McGeorge. And check her out on Twitter, Serene Wellness. And you can also check me out. King Cashflow is K-I-N-G-K-A-S-H-F-L-O on Twitter also. And everybody, you know, have a great week. And check Dr. Kim out on Sunday. Thanks for listening on our Secrets Everything with Dr. Dr. Kimberly McGeorge. Listen every Wednesday night, Eastern Standard Time from 7 to 8 p.m. on Block Talk Radio. Radio.